Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, everybody. Steve Politi here at NJ Advanced Media Studios for the what is it? Episode five of the Rutgers six. Six episode. Wow, the season just flies by. Episode six of the second season of the Rebuilding Rutgers podcast. Joined as always by weary beat writers Keith Sargent and Ryan Dunleavy. Weary. I think the bye week starved. The the bye <laughs> starved. The bye week has come at the right time for Rutgers, and it's come at the right time for the two of you. You look terrible, both of you. I just wanted to let you know. It's just like the season is really just There's no video wearing on this you. podcast, right? It's only audio. Right. <laughs> the season is clearly wearing on you. Uh, well, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about last week's game. I don't think there's much to say. Uh, Ohio State, 56 to nothing victory. It was 56 or 58? 58 last year. 56. Yeah. 56 this year. Uh, the Next best. year, 54. We're going to get down <laughs> to the 40s by, you know, to 2020, I think. The best point. tweet I saw was, I believe, was – Friend, uh, I think it was Todd Cohen, who's a friend of Sarge's eyes, and he said uh, last year Rutgers lost 58 nothing at Ohio State. This year it was 56 nothing in Piscataway. Vegas is right. Home field is worth two points. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a great line. Yes, I wish I, I wish I had thought that one myself. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. They're just, they're just a lot better. And and if you take it, trying to find any positive, it was seven nothing in the first quarter. Uh, Rutgers was driving. They had a chance. You know, just an interception. Ohio State goes right down the field. Yeah. A couple of Rutgers safeties gets injured. Ball game. I mean, it was yeah. over. It was over then. Yeah. I mean, literally, the second safety got Hester got hurt. Yeah. They put in a wide receiver at who was practicing at wide receiver on Tuesday when I was at practice at cornerback at safety. Great. Urban Meyer saw it, called timeout, said, <laughs> "Here's what we're doing. Next play, <laughs> touchdown." Right. <laughs> yeah, it, didn't, it didn't take it didn't take much coaching genius to identify that kid as a weakness. Uh, I mean, I don't know. This is sorry. It just seems like we, we've talked about this. This is the product of losing thirty scholarship players over a course of a couple of years. I mean, Correct. there's nobody. There's no backups. Yeah, I mean, that's it. They don't have. I mean, we we went in, into the year talking about how they have Big Ten talent at a lot of starting positions, and then you look at you know beyond that, and it's a long long season. Injuries happen in college football. You know, it impacts depth, and when you, you, you look at the depth, part of the reasons why is they lost 70% of <coughs> two full recruiting classes, 2013 and 2014, between player defections and between, you know, players Transfers, booted, dismissals, transfers, arrests. Yeah, and, 
Yeah, and yeah. those recruiting classes ex- weren't exactly. I know, mean, those guys would be starting right now. Yeah, but they weren't yeah. exactly highly touted recruiting sure. classes. No, but I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, nobody wants to mention his name because he was mugging for cameras in court. But Dre Boggs <laughs> would be right. right. And all he, I mean, he, yeah. him and Bless yeah. Austin together would be a really yeah. nice. Yeah. You know, uh, and 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 that's what's happened. I mean, you know, we talk about how they can catch up to Ohio State. Well, they, I mean, they gotta catch up to. It's gonna take <laughs> recruiting, and exactly. Chris Ashton says all the time, it's probably gonna take three or four recruiting classes. It's a long, and and that's three or four good ones with no misses. Yeah. Yep. All right, so let's get right to the uh, first segments. The bye week. I thought we'd do a little festivus in October here. You know, the team's one and four. Uh, you know, let's just recap in general terms of just what, you know, to you the biggest disappointment is in this, uh, you know, Sarge, you want to go first? What's the one thing that sticks out that you, you look at, you're like, eh, I mean, yeah, I probably, the uh, passing attack. I mean, I looked at it today and, uh, you know, they're, they're a year ago, I think they ranked, um, 122 out of 128, you know, the, the teams below them were all op- option running teams. And, you know, this year I think they're at 119, you know, <laughs> improvement, you know, three <laughs> spots. We're moving on up. Gee. With a uh, grad transfer, and it's the second year in a row they, they brought in a grad transfer, and right. he just hasn't really um, been any great shakes. I mean, no offense to uh, Kyle Bolin. You know, he's been a leader, you know, t- dealing with the media after games. It's just, you know, the, the results aren't there. They're averaging 140 passing yards per game. I know there's a lot of issues why the, the offensive line has not been great. They've, now they're banged up at the offensive line. Ryan mm-hmm. could talk about that. Jonah Jackson, you know, he, he, as he wrote today, he's going to be out for four weeks. Jonah Jackson is playing between center and right guard, w- was one of the better offensive linemen. That's going to impact depth going forward. But, you know, anyway, you, you, you look at it, you know, the passing attack just has not been good. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the offense as a whole, uh, not dependent on Jerry Kill per se, but just the offensive staff, the offensive personnel, the offensive play calling, the offensive game plans as a whole, just conservative. But Sarge kind of just touched on that, and I know what your answer is. Uh, <laughs> teaser. So uh, I'm going to say the pass rush. I, just, I don't have it in front of me. How many seconds records have? Three? Yeah. yeah. So three, I think. I think, I think Com- it's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Komoko, Komoko got yeah. his first. Darnell Davis has one. I mean, there's no pass rush. Uh the other um, the other quarterbacks are have all day to pass, and that was fine when Bless Austin, Saquon Hampton, Kai right, Hester was right. your secondary. It's not fine with Zane Campbell, Rashad Blunt, right. Edwin Lopez. If you don't know the names that I'm mentioning, that's the point. Like, right, um, right. so Zane Campbell's a nice story, but he was at Wesley College two years ago. Where's Wesley College? Anybody? I don't. It's, I in, it's, it's in Delaware. Venture um, guess. But that's the point. Um, so, yes, the pass rush needs to be much better. The line play as a whole, both sides need to be much better. Chris Ash has said a million times, Big Ten football games are won in the trenches, and Rutgers is losing games in the trenches right, right. on both sides of the ball. All right, you, well, you teased, you teased at me, and I, I, I've just been going through this, and I, I actually a friend of the podcast, Rob Helfcott, also mentioned this to me, and we were discussing it. Craig Helfcott uh, or Rob? Rob, his father, Rob. Oh, the whole Helfcott family is, is big in yes, the podcast, and they're very <laughs> listening to <laughs> And it really, it just boggles my mind that this program does not have one good wide receiver. I don't understand how it's possible. And I, and this is this is what I was thinking about it. Like I get, I understand like why there's not more six foot five, three hundred and forty pound defensive linemen who can run a four seven four. There's only so many human beings like that on earth. Yeah. How do they get to the point where they don't have good wide receivers? And and 
you know, to that, this is a program that's developed so many of them. And I thought coming in that they would be better with Mitchell. They would be better with Bo Melton. They'd be better, you know, that Grant would come back for a senior year. And none of these guys have stepped up in any way. To have zero wide receiver catches against Ohio State is incredible. And I think you have to look at coaching in a little bit on there, too. Okay. Are they not developing these guys? Uh, I get it. All right. The, the, the level of talent in the program's down. But now you've had these couple of these a few of these guys for you know for a, a second year now. Why are they not getting better at that position? I mean, they're not going to be able to compete in the Big Ten until you have playmakers, and they don't have any. I remember yeah. talking to Chris Ash about it a year ago about it, and I know they've gone away a little bit from the the power spread offense that you know that that was all all the rage. But you know, part of the reason why they wanted to go with this offense is because you can really look out your window and be able to recruit wide receiver talent in, in New Jersey. New Jersey has produced a lot of wide receivers, Pennsylvania as well. Right. You know, this is an right. area where you can mm-hmm. get good wide receiver talent. You might not be able to get, you know, a you know, great offensive line and, and defensive line in you know in, in any given year, but most years you can get wide receivers, which is mm-hmm. the reason why they wanted to one of the reasons why they wanted to go with this offense. And to your point, you know, they're just and it, maybe they're young, maybe, but you know, it just seems like an excuse yeah. almost every year. And it's now. the whole reason why programs like Washington State run the system they do because they know they can't get the bigger players, but they can get, they can reliably get receivers that Rutgers doesn't have. Um, Two things. One, I, for whatever reason, you remember weird things in your life, right? I remember watching the Rutgers Louisville game one year on ESPN and they did this whole graphic of Rutgers wide receivers. And it was like Tim Wright and Mark Harrison and, um, Sanu and all these guys. It was like, wow, they had like a stable of these guys. (laughs) And like, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like Penn State calls themselves linebacker you, and they go and recruit linebackers on, look, you could be the next LeVar Arrington. So, 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 and so, uh, I don't understand why Rutgers hasn't been able to say, look, you could be Leontay Karoum, Mohamed Sanu, blah, blah, blah. And you look and Black Knoll's at Penn State and Kelvin Harmon's at, North Carolina State, I think. And yep. These guys are making impacts otherwise. And the name you didn't mention, and this is killing Rutgers, is Jawan Harris, who is a oh, yeah. one, maybe uh, the, one of the five best athletes on right, this campus, right. is a total non-factor this season. I mean, yeah. he was all Big Ten freshman by uh, ESPN last year. 32 catches, big plays, a 70-yard touchdown against New Mexico. Um, I know the last game against Ohio State, the ball might have been tipped before it got to him, but it, it hit him in the hands, hands and it was an interception. He was the target on the killer interception against Eastern Michigan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a non-factor, and that is kill. He's, you know, to me, uh, you don't want to pick on any one kid, but I, he, I mean, he's a witness protection at this at this point. <laughs> You're right. All right, let's let's move it forward now. We've got a bye week here. Chris Ash says everything's on the table. You know, all right, so that's good. So let's put it all on the table. I mean, what, you know, what is the one thing you need to see in these final seven games for you to feel, all right, well, at least, you know, it's that at least the train has turned turned itself around a little bit. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with freshman, and I'll save Jonathan Lewis uh, to one of you guys. I mean, he, obviously, he's going to play a lot more, but. Again, I keep on harping on it every week. Raheem Black's here. Probably need to see him more. And then <laughs> at, at linebacker, their, their linebacker play, they look slow. I won't. I don't. I don't want to single out you know any w- w- one of the uh, three players, but they are not yeah. big. Deontay Roberts looks okay. Uh-huh. Looks okay. Okay. 
And, well, that leaves Trevor Morris. And, and, yeah, he was, <laughs> and the others. Yeah, and he was behind uh, on a lot, trailing on a lot of plays against Ohio State. Maybe it was one He's game. their leading tackler, but they're down, they're seven yards downfield But they tackles. can do a lot better, and they have, right. you know, there's, that's a, you know, an area where they do have a lot of freshmen waiting in the wings. I want to see some of those guys. Um, I want to see a win. I mean, yeah, I just, I'm tough. What was the question everybody was asking me in the press box uh, Saturday? Rye, how's long's the Big Ten losing streak? Yeah. How about some, let's stop asking that? You know, right, right. now it's 16. Right. Is it going to be 17? Yeah. Is it going to be 18? Our sergeant are going to be looking up the longest Big Ten losing streaks in conference history. Like, get that over with. I mean, yes. as much as a must win game for a one in four team can have, call it a must win game. I mean, it, they need to. St- Win a game. That's right. the number one thing I want to see is win a game. You can't because you can't go into your second off season as a coach with three victories, two of them against MIAC teams, and one of them against New Mexico. I mean, uh, that's yeah. what it would be. I mean, I mean, that was what it would be. I, I agree with you. I want to see a win, but I will take and I will take the quarterback because I think you, you, you have any. If they don't get that win, then there's a there's a strong pass. I wrote after the game, they are staring one eleven in the face. They'll be a touchdown underdog at Illinois, a bad Illinois team. I, I, I need to see at least that they have someone, some hope that they have the most important position in the field. Yeah. And, that, and that's why, you know, I want to see as much of Jonathan Lewis as possible because the other guys, to me, are not going to be part of that future. To me, here's the number that is mind-blowing to me. I saw it uh, just this past other day. You're going to see me write it. Every story I write for the next 10 days. <laughs> Illinois, who's not very good, right. is starting, not playing, starting 10 true freshmen. Wow. Ten. I don't know if that's because they're good players or because Lovey's has bad upperclassmen, or he just said, you know, screw it, I'm handing it over to you guys. Yeah. But just do that. Do that. Like even if Tyshawn Fogg's not as good as Trevor Morris, put him in the game. Even if Bo Melton's not as good as Jay House, put him in the game. Like that seems to be what Bo, what from afar, like what Lovey Smith is doing. And at least that, if you're an Illinois fan, you're like, well, we're starting ten true freshmen. They might not be any good, but hey, we're right. starting ten true freshmen. Maybe Rutgers should try that. Right. right. Well, I mean, a couple things that we do know. 2018 is going to be a pivotal year. Year three for Chris Ash. Two that you need to figure out this quarterback situation. So that probably means Jonathan Lewis, you need to go into Didn't you say that on our podcast in like 2009? <laughs> you need to figure out this probably. quarterback. <laughs> but you need to go the, the, last the, the first podcast in 1869 <laughs> they're debating if we don't get if we don't I get mean, Leggett looks good is it really I, William Leggett I have good. seen the Princeton defense and the way they were pressing against the receivers if we don't get a quarterback we need to get in the upright. <laughs> <laughs> the, the point is uh, you know, the, the, the two arguments I keep on hearing is, well, if Jonathan Lewis isn't the guy that, we're, you know, if we find out over the last you know, seven games that he's not really, you know, as, as good as advertised, then they could get a grand transfer. Well, we've seen now those guys. You There's a do. reason they're available. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then two, you know, we saw this week they, they, they have, a you know, a, a player renege, you know, on, on a commitment from, from California. Yeah. So. Just the idea that the next guy, the flavor of the week, the next freshman coming Um, in to save the day, it needs to be Jonathan Lewis. Unless you go back to Gio Rochino, who actually does have a year of eligibility remaining. But you need to figure out one one way or the other – who the quarterback is going to be for 2018? Right. Yeah. Right. Chris right that many times too. Is that he needs a quarterback, or everything else he's doing is superfluous? Basically. All right, let's co- we're going to cover that in true or false here in, in a minute. Let's go through this. You know the format. I'm going to ask you make a statement. You say true or false, and then we go back and talk about it at the end. All right, 
Uh, number one, if Rutgers loses its last seven games, it's fair to blame injuries now. True or false? False. False. Uh, Chris Ash is right. Every coach would have tried that field goal down 56 to nothing. True. True. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Illinois will be favored by more than the touchdown next week. True. True. <laughs> uh Kyle Bolin should start against Illinois. True. True. Wow. All right. Jonathan Lewis should start against Illinois. False. False. All right. I'm going to answer my own true here, but that just just so we have a different answer. Uh, Gio Rashino should start <laughs> oh, against Illinois. In that case, I didn't know that was the question. I'm going to revert on my Whoa. true against Kyle Bolin. False to Kyle Bolin. Wow, true okay. to Gio Rashino. All right. So we each took one quarterback. That's good. We can discuss that. It's the same thing we did in the preseason. Literally. The same except thing. we've all changed. We've all changed players. Uh, Chris Ash should get more involved in the offensive game plan. True or false? True. False. Yeah. Uh, losing the quarterback recruit from California this week is a harbinger of bad things to come. False. False. Rutgers' best hope to beat Illinois is Robert Martin. False. False. Oh, true, 100 times true. We'll talk about that first. I just think they need to run the ball. I think he's the best running back. I, I, at this point, just ride the horse. He's got at least the most talented offensive player on the team at this point. So, uh, To me, right. their best hope is to win 6-3. <laughs> like that, that, to me, that's their – honestly, yeah. you said their best hope. Their best hope is to win. I think you put it perfectly in your preseason predictions, a rock fight. Six right. three nine six. That's their best hope. Andrew Hart is their best hope. <laughs> How? All right. So now you really think they should start Gio, really or are you just saying that to have fun of the podcast? No, both. Um, the kid hasn't played at all. I mean, I mean, he's played a little, a little but, bit. But um, no, I mean, listen. How did Gio become the starting quarterback last year? He was imitating Illinois' starting quarterback on the scout team, and they're like, oh. <laughs> He's got something. Let's play him. Right, right. Um, I realized that was a different team that had Tyler Oden, not Jonathan Lewis, and Chris Laviano, not Kyle Boland. But to me, I mean, I haven't, other than their names, I haven't seen a whole lot of different differences between right, those right. guys so far and what they have this year. Um, to me, G, if this is the offense, this is as simple as it is to me. If this is the offense, and what was the offense against Ohio State? A bunch of read option plays, mm -hmm. read option handoffs, read op pass run options. If this is the offense, Gio Rashino is the best one to do it because right. he can actually run, mm -hmm. unlike Kyle Bolin, and he can actually pass, unlike what we've seen so far from Jonathan Lewis. So to me, if this change the offense, make it more run heavy, then stay with Kyle Bolin. Right. Uh, but if you're going to run a lot of read option. Gio Rochino is your best option. You can make a strong case that a year ago, Chris Ash waited at least two games too long to change, to change quarterbacks. I agree. You can make that case. You know, you could have made it uh, you know, last year, and then looking back on it, definitely could have made that case. Everyone knew what Chris Laviano was. I understood you know, that, okay, well, maybe you won the job in training camp. You want to give him a couple of games or whatever. But he was you know, worse, and he wasn't great in 2015, but he was even worse. So you could really make that case that they waited too long. So uh, but to your point, I'm not changing my pick. I still think it's Kyle Boland, but uh, you make a good point. And this, here, this is why I, went with, why I think it should be Jonathan Lewis, because I mean, you, we still don't know. We, you, know you saw him against Morgan State. He has five touchdowns. That, that doesn't tell you what he is. Saw him against Ohio State. He struggled. That doesn't tell you what he is. You just got to identify it. I don't think 
I've seen enough of Kyle Boland to know that he's a limited player. He's, if he's not going to make the easy throws, if he's not going to make accurate plays, they are doing the read-up. They're running. They're trying to run the ball. And that, that was the, the play that my head exploded when they, they needed the fourth down. They, that didn't matter, but they send their running – they send their passing – statue quarterback on, on, on a running yeah. play. It's like, well, if you're going to do that, put in Jonathan Lewis. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, at this point, why not just give the well, kid the keys and see what happens? That's the one thing I disagree. Like, I agreed with everything you said to the last thing you said, and that's the popular thing on Twitter from Rutgers fans is, why not do it? Because they need to win the game. Because, I listen, I want to see Jonathan Lewis. I want to see the future. But I can see it after Purdue and Illinois and be just as satisfied with seeing it. You need to win the game, which like what's the, I hate when quarter, when coaches say, well, we're going to play the player that gives us the best chance to win the game. Blah, blah, blah. That's true this <laughs> week. I mean, you need, I can't say it enough. You need sure. to beat Illinois. I, whichever quarterback gives you the chance to beat Illinois. It's not about the future this week. It's about the present. Okay, well, fair. what do we think? Who's the best of the three? Who's the best quarterback you know, life on the line, best quarterback. I think it's Jonathan Lewis, most talented. Maybe it comes down to a development. You know, give him a game plan. You know, give him something that, that will will work. I mean, Maryland, you, you said it last week. Maryland had a, you know, was its third-string quarterback, and they and, and, and they won. On the road. On the road. On the road. And the guy threw for, like, 250. I know. So That's who's crazy. the best quarterback on this roster? Right. All right. Uh, all right. So, look, the one thing I, I do want to touch on. I, and no answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The uh, – the 56 nothing field goal thing. And I know you both, and I think you're probably right, that most coaches would have attempted that. I think now that this, what happened here, should ever put should put end to ev- another thought that anyone should ever do it again. Because it was really the saddest thing I've ever seen in the football field. And I mean that it was, I want to climb underneath the table on the, in the press. It was just the way it hit the upright thunk, and then the, the celebration. and The, uh, the and celebration the, uh, oh, so uh, For the Ohio State fans. I mean, no, I think I'm, it was chanting. Fifty missed that kick. I know. Okay, it was fifty-six, fifty-six, three. What it was not worth it. Fifty-six, <laughs> nothing. And I went down to the sideline to, for the last five minutes to focus on Graciano, and I watched it. I didn't even watch the ball. Do- I heard it doink, but I didn't watch it doink because I was focusing on Graciano. Right. And he left, let out a, a, like a literal laugh, as I said on the video after the game. It was a literal laugher. He guffawed. Talk about didn't like he? the proverbial yeah. oh, a laugher. He literally laughed out loud when, when, when the oh, ball – and, you know, rightfully so. He got a shot out. Right, so sad. All right, well, good. That's a good transition because I want to talk about Greg okay. Schiano. Uh, I don't – you know, I, I just I, – I think your story, uh, the departure is the best thing we've written this year on the Rutgers beat. It was just – it was just a fascinating tale about what happened in those final 24 hours with so many nuggets. And just – and I, two things struck me. The, the first, of course, is like how bitter these – these now they're men now they're not kids they're yeah. still so much bitterness Kasim Green these these play these great play you know Gary Nova these guy these kids who were on that team at the time who you know saw this happen are still angry uh, number one and then number two I just love the fact that they that Robert Barchi if you're looking for reasons why Rutgers is where it is in the Big Ten the idea that that they had a cap at what they would pay a coach at 1.4 million when they were paying a coach more than 2 million yeah yep. I mean they're trying to save money to, yeah. at this to point it's incredible points. to both of your points and I agree with you that you know it was like a, a true serum that they you know at six or seven years after the yeah. because I talked to Gary Nova in the parking lot after uh, after and he you know said all you know the company line and said you know it wasn't all that bitter you know, clearly you know <laughs> he had an opinion on it and Kasim <laughs> Green we talked to him literally right after 
after um, you know Greg Shannon left, and you know he said all the right things. But so it, it is amazing that you know you get away from the program, you become smarter, wiser, and you know they were you know certainly a lot more elegant, uh, eloquent, you know, in, in in what they you know their opinion. Two, you know, as far as you know, 1.4 million dollars, and you know I had heard that you know at the time we knew that Mario Cristobal was offered. I believe he was offered one too. He turned it down and he asked for more money. And then Pernetti actually got it up to 1.4. So you know the 1.4 number it was actually 1.2 where, where, where they wanted to be at. Um, it's just again, we, why is Rutgers in the position that they're in? Because go back to 2013, Mike Rice, you know, d- decide whether or not you, you suspend him or fire him. If they fire him in December 12 in d- d- December 2012. You know, and you do the right thing and not worry about, okay, well, they owe Mike Rice all this money right. and the litigation and we have to hire a new coach. If they do the right thing then, then, you know, they're probably not even in this position. They're always looking at – they're short-sighted from, from the standpoint that yep. if you need the right football coach, it impacts so much not only on the football program but on the, you know, athletics department as a whole – you know, go get the right football coach. Uh, absolutely. And this is, <clears throat> we had a question from Joe Woost on the Twitter. What should have been the move at that time? And I guess, you know, was it Cristobal? What, what, you know, if they had, if they had the money, what would they have done? It's hard to say because, I mean, he is on the hot seat, but, um, and asking around, talking to different people, I think Butch Jones was the guy who, um, mm-hmm. and again, you're talking about revisionist history, but at the time, you know, he had done a pretty good job following up Brian yeah. Kelly at Cincinnati. Um, he, you know, he had spent time at Rutgers as a GA. He knew what Rutgers was all about. You know, he was a you know a pretty big name. He would have been a bigger name than Cristobal. Certainly bigger than Kyle Flood. You know, Dazio. You know, had rubbed high school coaches the wrong way. Um, so you know, Bush Jones is probably the, the the guy who you're you'd be looking at the next year. Mm-hmm. Two things to that add to that. And that, that was actually informative to me. I didn't even know that. Um, two things. I love, like, weird full-circle coincidences. It's just something I like. So Butch Jones replaced Greg Schiano as a GA at Rutgers yeah. in 90. He could have replaced him at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And now Greg Schiano's probably going to replace <laughs> Butch Jones in Tennessee. <laughs> so, that, I mean, that's wacky. The world that, is just that, gone. Uh, just keeps on going. Do you really think that that's the job he's going to get? I really do. I think that's the job. I I oh, it, uh, it does feel a little Square peg round the hole to me. I understand he recruits well in Florida, and Tennessee's only going to win when it gets Florida. Uh, but uh, you know, that that to me, I think they want a flashy, sexy, big, sexy hire down there. And then uh, something else is Sarge mentioning. You know, the Pernetti, Mike Rice, how how they save money there. What's interesting to me is maybe if Pernetti had fired him, what's the right thing to do? I think probably the right thing to do in 2012 was to hire Kyle Flood. I know that's not a popular opinion in hindsight. I think that's probably was the right thing to do because that's who the seniors wanted. And that senior class was maybe, you know, the best Rutgers Mm -hmm. has ever had. And, you know, they should have had as much influence as they had, but the right thing to do was to fire Kyle Flood after the 2013 (laughs) season. And they didn't have the athletic director with enough power to do that. And again, we're talking, what are we talking then that buyout was what, $600,000? Six hundred thousand yeah, dollars. <laughs> that was the, that's the turning point to me. It's not right. hiring that's Kyle a, Flood. It's, it's keeping Kyle. Yes. Oh, the, so we're talking now three, but about three million dollars could have avoided the three biggest mistakes in Rutgers history. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, we got it. We got a lot of mail. I oh, hold you. on. I have a Twitter question. Yeah, I have uh, a bunch of them. Is Shiano come? Well, this is Shiano. Oh, okay. Is Shiano coming back at the end of this year a possibility? If there is to be a reunion, it seems like it's now or never. No. 
No. Shiano is never coming back. Well, no. See, I don't know if I agree with that. Never. He is not coming back coming. this year because the job's not going to be open. Right. Chris Ash is the football coach at Rutgers for this year, next year, maybe the year after probably. Um, could I see Greg Shiano coming back as athletic director of Rutgers in like 2030? I could probably right. see that. Like a come home, retirement job. I could see that. I'm not going to rule that out. Man, maybe. Yeah, I can see you. I can, I'm not his next coach. coaching job is his last coaching job. Do we agree? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. So he, he goes well. there for six years. Maybe it works. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't. And then he's looking for a retirement gig. <laughs> I could see it. Fascinating. All right. So we got a bunch of uh, bunch of mail from people, a bunch of tweets, a bunch of questions. Uh, BK Hawk, a friend, Bronk Knight, a friend of the podcast, wants to know, any chance Amir Mitchell is back next game? How many snaps should the three quarterbacks get versus Illinois? And how do you help the wide receivers get separation? Start with Mitchell. That's a great point. As we're talking about the the biggest disappointment for me is that kid's been out. I yeah. mean, I mean, yeah. I think there's a. I think there's probably. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say fifty fifty, but probably about a fifty fifty chance. He's so. He's made significant progress. Mm-hmm. He all see all training camp. He wasn't wearing a brace, and he looked good running. Now he is wearing a brace in practice, which to me is a sign that he's coming. It's not that he's regressing. It's a sign that he's doing actual football activity and needs a knee brace. Um, so yeah, I think there's a chance with the extra two weeks. I think this is there's a chance that he is worked slowly back into the. Would he make a difference? Player. Would he make it? I don't know. I, have, I he's never played a college football game, right? He, so how do we know? Sure, he was a four-star recruit, yeah. and he went to right. Michigan, and blah 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 blah. But he's never played a football game. Would it make a difference? It, it can't. It can't make it any worse. Right. I mean, you don't want to compare him to his brother, but I mean, they're you know, uh, Damon Mitchell, and this is probably the reason why we we sometimes overhype in the preseason, right? I mean, Damon Mitchell had 13 catches at Arkansas over four years, yeah. and you know, he has not lived up to. He was a pretty good player in the spring. Pretty good in, in training camp. It just has been. You talked about uh, Jawan Harris being in witness protection. So, you know, so is Damon Mitchell. Invisible. <clears throat> All right. So with the schedule getting a little bit more manageable, question from Jonathan Malave. Uh, with the exception of uh, of Michigan and Penn State, do you think we just start playing young guys for experience? I mean, I think we should have been here, been there already. But uh, yeah. is this going to happen now? Are we just going to start throwing these kids out? But there I don't think you could say, with the exception of Michigan and Penn State, you can't like play them against the average teams, and right. then like right. when you play a good team, you go back to the veterans. No, just play them. Right. I think you got to win this Illinois game. And going right. back to your original yeah. point, what, what you need to see, you need to see a Big Ten win. And now if they lose to Illinois and then Nebraska, then that's where – You yeah, mean yeah. Illinois and Purdue. Oh, uh, yeah, the, uh, Illinois and Purdue. That's where you, you say, okay, you, you, you be a, uh, you know be a realist and, and realize that you're going to have to play for 2018. But you have to beat Illinois. You have to. has to be the bowl game. It's the bowl game. All right, and from the Good biggest point. friend of the podcast, Ayaz, our Twitter <laughs> – is yeah. that how you pronounce it? I don't uh, know. Azaz? I don't know. It's not, it's, I, it's I have a no great idea. guy, though. It's, it's a great guy. Phenomenal. Uh, great opinion. Send a pronunciation over Twitter for us. Uh, uh, why is Lewis not getting more first team reps in practice this week? Is stealing one more win more important than long-term growth? We've talked about a little bit. They need to end that big game winning streak. I, th- I think it is. Losing streak. But I tell you, I think would Rutgers fans not, if this kid's good, would, if he throws three interceptions but also – you know, passes for 250 yards and they lose 27-21, are you going to be like, you know... What what, what, what were we talking about? I think the fans will be optimistic, but I think the recruits... The recruits, yeah. And that's what really matters, with all due respect to the fans. Um, the recruit, because the fans aren't going to be happy if the recruits aren't happy in the end. So yep. the fans can get all jazzed if he they lose twenty seven twenty one, but he looks good. But if the recruits aren't happy, if James Franklin and Jim Harbaugh and 
uh, what and uh, Campanelli and uh, Adazio can go in and say, "Look, do you really want to go to this school that's lost 22 Big Ten games?" In a row? It really doesn't matter. I mean, yes, to me, I'm sorry. Yes, it does matter. So you sound a lot like James Franklin there. <laughs> good James Franklin. I do have James Franklin. All right, yeah. the final segment is well, we have we have one mean tweet, and then we also have the the Big Ten fan base that we didn't piss off. Did this not. Week. Did not. It's a it's a it's a twist on this, and here's the song. It starts with some drums. It's amazing how many of these songs I don't It sounds recognize. like our podcast intro. It does sound <laughs> like it, yeah. Are we, do we steal the Ohio State fight song for the podcast intro? Oh, you just are going to away. Uh, when does it start? Here it is. Oh, yeah. I do. No, I recognize it. Of course you know this song. It's a great song. I think song. we heard this quite a bit when we, Rutgers yes. played them. Oh, it's, it's in your head when you get out of there. Um... So an interesting story that uh, Ryan did on the football helmet stickers. That, yeah. of course, the Buckeye thing. They think this is the, they have this is their big deal, but no, Rutgers. Yeah, invented I, I, the yeah. football helmet sticker. I had a really good time doing it. I love talk, Sarge and I both love talking to old time Rutgers football players. Uh, I like history. Uh, so long story short, it goes back to 1960 at Rutgers as a way to give uh, honor interceptions, Rutgers put huge, huge uh, stars on helmets as a sticker. Um, and I wrote it, and I was thinking while I wrote it, I'm going to write it. I knew I was going to write it for a couple weeks. I'm going to write it Ohio State week because it's relevant, timely, and it'll piss off Ohio State fans, right? I mean, look, Rutgers is claiming this thing that is part of your identity, and I didn't hear – I mean, it was crickets, <laughs> crickets from Ohio State. Hashtag Buckeyes, all the usual tricks. I love right? it. And this is great because I have, you've, I've noticed this over three years too, that you know, a lot of Penn State fans, oh, the Rutgers, I can't believe they're in our conference as if they founded it or something. Yeah. Michigan fans, same way. Yeah. Ohio State fans do not care. Like, I, it's, it's even just, Indiana, you the, had that thing with the Indiana fans <laughs> who cared about records. Ohio State, and to me, it's this simple. They've been there before. They have eight national titles. They don't take helmet stickers if you want them. We win games. We're not worried about Rutgers. You're a, you know, you're a, you're a, you're something in, you're like a, you know, you're out of my radar. I worry about Michigan being there before. And to me, Penn State and Michigan fans, they don't, they have, maybe it's their inferiority complex to Ohio State. Maybe it's Penn State thinking Rutgers might one day be a problem for them. I don't know what it is, but you can rile those fan bases up easy. Ohio State, leave me alone. And I loved, I loved that the the press conference after this game, I went into the the Ohio State, and the Ohio State has more media here than Rutgers has media at this game. And they're in there, and the the questions were all like, uh, Urban, what do you get out of a game like this? I mean, every one of them. Like, like yeah. what, what are we even doing here? Like, when does the when does the plane go? Where are we? Are we in New Jersey? The, uh, what is this? I mean, the thing is, like, they're, they're like, JT Barrett's got to be benched. He's not any good. But JT Barrett is the biggest oh all-time leader in touchdown if, if, he was at, if JT Barrett was at Rutgers and had the numbers that he yeah, at Rutgers, he was at ninety-five percent of the. He walked into the, the press conference. He could play. He could start at linebacker yeah. tomorrow for Rutgers. Yeah. The kid is no, enormous. Uh, by the way, you misspoke. You said that Ohio State had more media than than Rutgers fans. Actually, I think Ohio State <laughs> media more than, than Rutgers fans at the game. They oh. do take it seriously. All right, we're gonna oh. end. I'm going to end with a meet with one mean tweet 
another good friend of the podcast. We've now mentioned all six listeners. Kevin Fine, <laughs> directed at Dunleavy. Oh, always. Why hasn't Dunleavy watched The Godfather? I like Ryan, but this hinders his credibility. Great Hashtag question. mean tweet. Great yeah. And, and this is only like one of the top. This is only one of the, the, the like seven or eight great movies that. Yeah. I probably haven't seen any of the seven or eight. And this is, we're going to do this later on this year, I promise you. To keep people, to keep the eight of you listening, we're going to do, we're going to each reveal one embarrassing fact about ourselves, just as a teaser. So you have to listen to the whole thing. We're going to sneak it in. And this is one that Ryan can't even use now, but it's true. The man has not seen any movies, any any great movies. It is, it is really bad. Embarrassing. I mean, we, you, you'll do a reference in the press like, box. Yeah, you know that scene in Caddyshack, and I was like, no, I didn't see Caddyshack. No, I, no I, I've never I, seen it. You know, uh, you know, Nurse Meg, who I'm surprised you haven't mentioned her. She, a friend I don't of know the podcast. Another but, friend of the podcast. I don't think you she, know, she She pointed out that Section 219 or in the upper deck ran out of coffee, ran out of hot chocolate. It was a cold night. and so she's, Which, by the way, they can't do. I mean, <laughs> we can do another podcast. That no, can't exactly, happen. But, you know, it brought coffee. to mind as soon as I, you know, I saw that, uh, she's on Twitter you know, complaining about it. You know, the airplane scene, the great airplane from Airplane 2. Of course. Where, yes. you, know, that, that, you know, that they're running through and, you know, are you, are you being straight with us? And then she said, oh, well, even though we're about to, to die in a fiery crash, we're out of coffee. And that's what made everyone explode is a great yes, scene. Great and scene. Ryan had no never idea seen about it. Never seen it. Never seen it. Just disgraceful. No. Rocky, right, never seen it. Here's what you do. Here's what you got to do in the bi- Why Week. See some movies. All right. We'll leave it on that note. Thanks for listening. If, uh, again, bye week. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to do one next week? Yeah, in Illinois. Okay. Yeah. The preview of the Illinois game. Yeah. Thanks for listening.